0: Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast. We bring you the very best recorded panels, workshops, and seminars concerning role-playing game design and publishing. This has been made possible by the generous contributions of the panel speakers and double exposure with their leading game design convention, Metatopia. Episode 87, Sanity Points in Horror, recorded at Metatopia 2015, presented by Elsa S. Henry, Will Hindmarch, Kelly Osborne, and Craig Page. Yeah, and it's then nice kind of have everybody introduce each yeah. of us ourselves.
1: Why don't I it off and I'll okay. <laughs> Hi, I'm F. Henry. Um, I proposed this panel with these specific people because I thought it would be interesting to have a conversation with people who actually have a, a background in some way or another with mental illness and psychology, and people who like horror, uh, because there's a lot of conversation about this, and we've had a lot of missteps. In games, language choices that people may not appreciate, but we also have a really long tradition of telling scary stories together. So <clears throat> I kind of put together this panel because I thought it would be an interesting conversation. We don't necessarily all agree with each other, but that's kind of what I like. Um, so like I said, I'm SS Henry, I wrote Dead Scare, which is 1950s Housewives Killing Zombies. Um, and I've done work on uh, the Wraith 20th Anniversary Edition, and I've done some stuff with the Dracula Dossier. So I've kind of been digging my heels into writing
2: creepy things for pay. Uh, hi guys, I'm Kelly Asborn. Um, I'm not a designer, but I'm, an, I'm a player. Uh, I also do LARPing, I do board games, all that kind of stuff. Um, my background in psychology uh, is I have an undergradu- uh, undergraduate, and I tend to, because of the large community, see a lot of people with mental illness that um, exist in the same space. And because there's so many of those people in the same space, there's a lot of um, care that you need to do in handling you know, different issues and things like that, because there's so many people with those issues that kind of butt up against each other. Um, I find that I spend a lot of time talking to them and getting under the root of what's going on and those kind of problems, so that's why I'm here.
3: <laughs> uh, hi everyone, I'm Craig Page. Um, I am a uh, designer. I also help run the uh, Dresden Lives games that uh, take part at uh, various Double Exposure conventions and various other conventions uh, throughout the country. Um, I am also a veteran of the Minds Eye Society. Um, I have run uh, games such as Vampire: The Requiem and Mage: of The Awakening for uh, f- three, four years. Um, I try to drink, to forget some of them. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I'm very familiar with uh, horror and mental health uh, issues there. Outside of gaming, I have a master's in science in mental health counseling. And I have experience in uh, helping uh, people suffering from acute cases of those diagnoses. I am um, a Pisces, and I... No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> You're not a Pisces. I No, I am a Pisces. Okay. But, um, no, um, I... Coming into LARPing, very much like Kelly, I've also uh, had experiences with people, both in and out of game, who uh, who deal with mental health uh, issues, and it's one of those very real things that doesn't get mentioned much, but I think is having a upswing, thanks to conversations like this. Hopefully. <laughs>
0: uh, and I'm Will Hindmarch. I'm a uh, designer and writer, um, graphic and game and fiction. Uh, I worked on games like Vampire the Requiem and uh, uh, Made the Awakening and various World of Darkness titles at White Wolf back uh, shortly after the turn of the last century. And, um, oh,
3: you're the one I have to blame.
0: Uh, no. Not, well, for some things, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, if you know me on Twitter, I am at WordWill, and I am um, kind of a vocal, uh, semi-transparent speaker on the fact that I am, uh, myself, multiple diagnoses of various mental illnesses and have been through some shit and uh, uh, in this topic, and I write about it both in fiction and in f- non-fiction, uh, and I'm uh, similarly very hopeful that this kind of conversation is going to be able to uh, add visibility and uh, uh, yeah. uh, some common language that we can use to talk about this stuff more rather than less. So.
4: And I actually I
1: forgot to mention that I'm also vocal about the fact that I am a person with PTSD. Um, that's I write about it a lot on my blog, Feminist Sonar, and I talk a lot about how that impacts my gaming experiences.
0: Right uh, so I'm going to uh, start off with a question if we like, right? Um, i think we what- Will Moderate. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm officially. Do, do I do I get a hat or something? A, um, a ribbon? No, it's fine. Don't do that. Um, so the 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 first thing I wanted to do, which was to uh, ask some of our our panelists, was the question of um, where are we coming from at this point? Like not individually, but like we in the medium of games and the representation, right? To make sure that we have kind of a commonality in, in what we're talking about. Uh, we have obviously sanity points are in the title uh, of the panel, um, but when we're talking about the representation of uh, sanity and horror and all of its uh, uh, related intersections um, what is it that comes to mind immediately to us, be it problematic, be it celebratory, be it healthy be it troublesome, whatever it is right? what comes to mind first? Oh
4: no, I'll
3: go first <laughs> Well, let's,
2: let's look, talk about the word sanity real quick. Yeah. Sanity is actually not a, a word in the psych field, it's actually a, a criminal term um, so when we're talking about sanity itself, you're not talking about mental illness, you're not talking about diagnosis, you're talking about a criminal code. So sanity, just the word, is not particularly, for me at least, what I would want to use in a game system because unless you're using it for a criminal element, you're not getting any good use out of it for mental health. You're not. You're doing more to put a stigma on it. Like That's just my opinion on, on
1: that. Um, I think a lot about just the sort of culture around it Um, because I run a lot of games that have a horror element and I see a lot of people creating their crazy character Mm -hmm. because they want to be able to do whatever they want and be unpredictable and be funny about it. And I find that really problematic because I think that what we're doing is we're encouraging negative stereotypes of people who are very real and part of our community. So I think part of it is just the play culture of that needs to shift and that's what i often look at is how to write my own games to shift that culture
3: Um, i'm i'm coming from it um or i'm seeing it from uh, the perspective of um how people handle mental health um when they're confronted with it in games Um, i've seen several examples of it uh both good and bad i've um it's very interesting watching people where sanity is a mechanic um, and to kind of uh, emphasize a point that Kelly had made with the term sanity I mean sanity, sanitarium, insane they're all from the Latin root word clean which you know if you're insane you are unclean that is literally what it means so there is, so the stigma is inherent in that word um, which is why you'll often hear the word mental health being involved um, in the medical field, in the uh, mental health field. Also,
1: because it doesn't come from the eugenics philosophy. Correct. is yes. a really important thing to
3: me.
0: Very important. <laughs> um, and, yeah. uh, what do we do as either designers or as players to immediately, like, what, what do we have that we can do to enact, not just necessarily change, but awareness, like, to share the visibility that we have? To uh, uh, help others be uh, uh, proactively effective at the table in a way that's, that's going to help us make these shifts, do we have any things that we do like if we have somebody at the table who plays the kind of character that is, that, that, that is bothering us, right. right? What do we do first?
1: Um. that 's healthy. I'm going to do hashtag shameless plug for a second Sure. in that I'm writing the Fade Accessibility Toolkit and it has an entire section on mental health and mental illness because I wanted to create something that was based on people's real lived experiences. So everybody who's writing in the book actually is writing from the place of this is my disability or this is my mental health health condition. One of the writers uh, has schizophrenia And I very deliberately emailed her and said, I need you to write this because you have opinions and you're a horror writer, and I know that you will bring to the table an understanding that I can't. So having people talk about their own experience is really important to me, because I can't articulate to someone what it's like to have schizophrenia, but I can put you in
2: touch with someone who can. So um, to prep for this panel, I actually did a mental health survey and I just, uh, it was a bunch of open-end questions and a couple demographics and things just to kind of get an idea of the people that I know who it would reach, what their opinions of mental health representation in board games, video games, SLARP. And um, one of the themes that I saw in the open-end questions was uh, people blamed players. A lot of the times they would say, you know, it's not me, Do you know, what the players bring up about this negative. Outlook, you know, you have the people that use mental illness to gain attention. You have the games that make it a joke, mm-hmm. and a lot of the uh, a lot of the respondents just just saying, you know, it's a lot of it's in your players. So I feel like you have to kind of create that field or create that space. It's going to have players that want to learn more about it and not want to further a stigma. What about
1: you, Will? What do you think?
0: Um, you know, honestly, that the, the I'm a, a, a a person who defers in during play too often, mm-hmm. um, and so the first thing for me is to not wait, to not go. I'll talk about it after the session, but is to go like that. Essentially, to x card it. That kind of thing where I immediately say um, what I'm trying to learn to do is to say uh, that that's uh, uh, either abstractly troublesome or it's specifically bothering to me right now. It is going to get in the way of my being able to to play mm-hmm. you know with us. Um, it depends on, on on kind of where it comes from, but that's for me is is that is broaching the subject is because I've, I've I've never had it go sideways, and yet still I'm, yeah never. Every time I've brought it up, whether it's at a convention game or at a home game or a game with players that I know socially but don't play with a lot, um, once brought up, it's always been. I mean, there's it's awkward, but the worst thing is figuring out how to bring it up. Once it's once we're talking about it, it's almost always not as bad, um, and that's the big thing for me that I've been trying to implement is teaching myself to not stop at that worst step, that hardest part of it.
1: I think we can all sort of agree that the X card is a really great tool. Um, does anybody want to explain what the X card right, is? Right, right. Does everybody know what the X card is?
3: I'm not sure I do.
1: Yeah, oh, so, yeah. <laughs> In
0: tabletop play, the, the, the X card is a, a simple oh, okay. tool for um, uh, uh, placing a marker on the table, often a card with a with a Red or black X on or whatever, just a you know sharpie on it um, that players can uh, reach for or indicate or hold up or whatever it is to indicate that they are um, ready to move on. Is the is the, the the term the best term that I've heard for it? Which is to say we don't need to talk about this more. I don't want to hear what happens in more detail. Can we not talk about this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it means that you don't have to have a whole conversation about. It. You don't have to be put on the spot about it. There will there doesn't necessarily come up with. Uh, follow-up explanations. It's, it, it doesn't have to be followed with, which is always the problem that I found when it was brand new. It doesn't have to be followed with. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Right. It's like no, no, no. It doesn't matter. We all have access to this card. We can all. Do, and it's not a perfect tool. And it's not the the complete the complete toolkit. But it is. Uh, uh, I think it's a good icebreaker and a good visual reminder on a table that tells people that if we get uncomfortable, we have. Uh, uh, we have we have a button to push. We yeah. have a thing okay. for We that. have yeah.
1: the eject button, and we can yeah. use it.
3: Okay, so it's it's uh, in in LARP we have you know calling scene cut you right. know or cut just, or break yeah or f- right. fade to black something like that, something of that nature. Yeah. Right? yeah, just
2: making sure that there's something involved with your game that can recognize that not every single person's going to be comfortable with what you're doing. Yeah. Right. it's probably a good
3: good thing to include. Actually, one of the best ways of handling uh, mental health in in any game is to under is to accept the fact that you are something that may be uncomfortable to people
2: in the room, And to bring up something else I said before about, you know, not being able to understand, you know, schizophrenia, but being able to be empathetic that it's it's struggle for someone. Yes. Just being able to recognize that you won't know every single person that right. you're working with, uh, playing with, you won't know what their struggle is going to be, but recognizing that they might have one is very
4: powerful.
0: And and, and there's a, a way, I think, that, that helped me uh, uh, broach this for myself or kind of break the ice on the idea that, um, that I wouldn't be rude if I brought it up, right, or whatever it is. But part of it is the idea that um, this is, this still sounds blamey, which is not what I want it to be. So forgive my phrasing here for a second. But what it is is that uh, uh, I, having been somebody who didn't have enough appreciation for how much of my education in certain topics, uh, specifically this one, uh, uh, was from a bad place, was from the negativity only, right? Was from the, from 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 genre or from history as opposed to from anything that is. Being done to improve or correct uh, uh, our our treatment of each other and our treatment of ourselves, um, and so realizing that it doesn't trying to do it so that I'm not blaming somebody else for being well. Hey, if you're coming to a horror game and your primary experience with these materials is from the horror context, mm-hmm. then I, I we can we can talk without having to make it be like yeah. you're a bad person because you think this is what it's like. If you if everything you've learned about mental uh, uh, well being is from You know, it's it's from playing Cthulhu or watching horror movies or seeing movies set in sanitariums. You're going to have a different uh, basis of a different body of data to draw from. I certainly would. Well,
1: I mean, I certainly think that that does broach over into sort of my my area of expertise, which is disability. Um, A lot of people I talk to are like, "Well, all I've ever seen are disabled people in these movies," right? Or like, I've had somebody actually come up to me and be like, "Wow, so is it like through a blind lady in Red Dragon?" And I. take several deep breaths and then I say no <laughs> but I, I think that's true that when you learn something from genre you have to unlearn a lot of those yeah.
0: tropes. Mm-hmm. especially right because there, there's a lot of stuff and this is where I still I think I'm a little old school in the sense that there's a lot of things that because of the nature of genre are always going to stay problematic because the, it's a moving target and not that they should but that's I think inevitable there's a certain amount of tolerance you have to have for the fact that uh, that if i'm trying to scare you i'm th- i'm we're going to be talking about things the, the the most distasteful aspects of whether it's police work or the medical field or law or whatever the topic of the thing is right we're not going to you're not going to get equal time to the good stuff yeah. it's if it's the horror genre but what we also have to be respectful of is the fact that if somebody's entire exposure to a topic comes from genre then that's an incomplete presentation all right that's in, that they haven't done the reading if you will i certainly hadn't but is also um RPGs aren't a matter uh, or, or LARPS or any of these uh, any of the pastimes aren't a matter of watching a movie that I can turn off and walk away from or whatever, right? We're collaborative in this.
1: Personal
3: experience, it has yeah. a
0: very different personal relationship with the material so to that, to that varying is varying
3: degrees you are alive in the scene at that moment. You right. you know, this is something that you can't just completely walk away
0: from. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, I think so many of the things that we do to get ourselves comfortable with something that makes us uncomfortable in a movie or in a TV show or a play or whatever it is just won't, they don't have an analog at the game table because it's happening in real time around us, not in front of you us. Can't and we can't just walk off and you can't just, or no. you can, but it doesn't always feel like it. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what else, I mean, do we think that the unique aspects of the medium that we're talking about of actual play, how do they change how we do and how we can portray or interact with these ideas? Because there are great benefits and great <coughs> hindrances, I think, that we have just from the medium.
2: Well, I think that going towards um, making it a better just area is um, one of the things from the respondents on my survey said was that they're really sick of seeing um, horror or mental health being represented in sanitariums Mm -hmm. but they're also sick of it as a mechanic in general. Like if it doesn't have if it doesn't have any meat to it, if it doesn't have any flavor to it, that's going to um, improve the game and it's just something to Be a a trope, or to be a um, you know an explanation for violence, or an explanation for doing bad. It's not a good representation of what mental health is,
3: or where we could go with it. Um, Actually, to bounce off of that, one of my uh, just uh, from anecdotal experiences, uh, I've seen people who have witnessed. um, I'm going to use White Wolf and uh, DR term uh, for this uh, dystopia rising term, derangements. Um, You know. uh, Basically, people will get mental, you know, mental disorders as penalties for death or very, you know, major actions that are spelled out in the games. Um, I've seen people just look at it as just as a penalty for doing something, and they don't see it as a role play challenge. Um, and they have done, and I'm going to say this, and it's going. And I apologize if it offends anyone for me saying this. They pay the cray away. They just basically spend their XP just to get rid of it, because that's all it is to them. It's They're being penalized and XP. It's a mechanic. It's a yeah, mechanic. It's just a mechanic. It's, it, it's... Sanity points, it can work. But uh, one of the major problems about mental health, and I'm going to get a little ranty, so please someone stop me, um, is that, unfortunately, for mental health, anything mental health, it really is subjective. It's, qual- it's it, Most of the information that we get is qualitative. It is we are all. Any information we get about someone's mental well being is going to be coming specifically from their perspective, and it's not going to be how they perceive it. Is not going to be exactly the same way as as someone else will perceive it. Me and Kelly could have the same diagnosis, and it will. There will be varying differences. There's that makes it very difficult to you know punch it on. You know, I've actually
1: got a really good example of that. Yeah, I have complex PTSD. Yeah. My complex PTSD is completely different from the complex PTSD that somebody who got their PTSD from wartime yeah. is like. There are different triggers, there are different anomalies, there are different ways that it functions.
3: And, and just because you're a completely different human being with a completely different cultural background than from, you know, someone who, uh, you know, unfortunately was inflicted with PTSD because of the war, right. It's, it, it's going to present itself in a completely different way mm-hmm. you know you're, you're deal, You know, mental health is about a disruption in your perceptual filters on a traumatic or systemic level
2: it's complex it's not it, an easy thing it, right. it, can it, it can't go yeah. up or down in a gameplay yeah. session like, people um, don't like to play that yeah I actually
1: do want to address White Wolf really quick. Because Go ahead. Bill <laughs> worked on it, and yeah, I want to yeah. make it clear that I actually really appreciate him, and <laughs> this is not about you yeah. personally. For sure. um, but when I, I when I look at White Wolf specifically, the way that players can take negative flaws and then you get more points to build your character, that was always a difficult issue for me because I would see people who would take, say, insanity, mm-hmm. just so that they could get that other merit that they really wanted to build their cool character. Or they use the flaw
2: that they took as a justification for violence or justification for just doing whatever they wanted. But I mean specifically
1: just on bare bones mechanics Mm -hmm. level for character creation, I would see people doing that. That's what I think the issue is with that specific model. I think it's possible to have character creation where you have disabilities and mental health issues in that creation process, but I think you can't get rewarded for it.
3: I, I I agree to that. Um, it's actually one of the reasons why I like I'm going to name drop here Fate Core and the fa- and the Fate system because they have the aspects. Aspects can you know um, there uh, there's in Fate Core there's uh, there are two kinds of damage. There's stress and then there's um, consequences. consequences. Thank you. I haven't read the book in a while. And, <laughs> um, meanwhile, all of Evil Hat's right outside and they'll beat me one night. Uh, evil
1: Hat's uh, right here. Oh,
3: that's right, damn. Yeah. <laughs> No escape. Um, but um, so stress stress is the the minor stuff that you acquire through a scene. Consequences is what comes goes with you for an extended period of time. Stress is the you know little nicks and bruises that go away in like a few minutes. Consequences can be anywhere between you know like a few minutes to hours to days to permanent. And that's I've seen role playing both on tabletop and LARPs where people will get a consequence and they will role-play it, one, because, you know, the severity of it is clearly marked out. It's just like, you know, this is severe. Also, it spells out precisely what it is. And it does come with a, ne- a negative trait to it. Um, if it's physical, you know, athletics are done, you know. If it's mental, suddenly, you know, plot can be, you know, plot is done to you because of it. Or, you know, you people tend to role-play more when they're given more... Quality to, to the level of um, damage that is there instead of just being given a number and going, go for it. You know, I don't know if that made any sense. No, no, absolutely. Uh, It
1: did. I'm actually taking a note because <laughs> I'm writing the accessibility right now. Yeah. And I've been trying to figure out how to work stress and consequences yeah. into the system. Mental health as a consequence makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It is. Um, yes?
5: Well, I actually had a question for her about the mechanics. Of- Metaphor with flaws. If you're familiar with the 7 C method of doing it, you actually have to mm. pay points in order to take various mental health issues. And if mm. that mental health issue comes up in gameplay and stops you from doing a thing you would otherwise do, then you get an extra experience point. And that's why you have to pay it out at the beginning. Huh, that's actually really right. Right. Interesting. Is that something that's more
4: of a. So. All right.
5: Uh, that is But right. Yeah. Derivatives. <laughs> do, do that. Is that is that still the same way kind of problematic? Is that something closer that you want to see? Because it still is a reward, but it's a long deferred reward, and it's only a reward if you're role playing well.
1: I think it. I think a long deferred role playing well reward makes a certain level of sense.
3: I, I think that's what this. I think that's what uh, dealing with mental health in any in any yeah. gaming situation is required. Uh, yeah. You know, you're you're, you're now playing a long term. A, a sig- no, 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 no. You are no, no. You you hit the nail on the head. Uh, it's a significant. You know, a mental health uh, issue in role playing is a significant. Um, uh, commitment to doing
2: it's not fun to have a mental health issue so that's another thing that's weird to me in gaming it's like if you're playing a game and you have depression and you're playing a game that has um you know cards <laughs> where you get depression that's not fun that's something that you're already doing you know you're struggling with in a real life and then you have that on top of it right. that's so i think getting a little bit more diverse if you're going to have a mental you know Aspects to your game, making sure that it's it's an enriching aspect, not something that's going to make someone feel you know slighted or just like they're not playing a game because right. you know yeah. you, you use gaming to escape reality or to escape you know it's escapism, and you don't want to be not only penalized but have to be reminded that other people don't understand. Um,
0: okay. Do you I was just going to say that I mean I agree completely, and and to me one of the the. The realizations to, to making to figuring that out as an operating factor was the fact. A lot of what we read about how we had to portray this stuff comes from uh, actors or film and theater, which is fine. Except those are professionals, and I'm not a professional at that. So portraying, for example, some, even my own issues. Uh, through a fictional character, like there's, a, there are tables in which the challenge of that is fun, and which it's, in which it is rewarding on its own. The, the, the game doesn't have, nothing, doesn't have to have anything to do with it. You can just yeah. say, I want to explore a character who, in a completely different context, deals with something that I deal with, or deals with something that I know that my mother dealt with, or whatever it is, right? Yeah. But that, that kind of empathy, that kind mm-hmm. of expression or exploration, but. Uh, because gameplay isn't necessarily just for right for people who, whose professional job is to portray these things either realistically or, or understandably or with the direction and assistance of of other actors and, and the cast and and multiple takes and all the options that they have rehearsals and everything that they have to to work with for example a lot of the advice that I was taking from other materials I think wasn't applicable mm-hmm. because it's such a different yeah. Or, uh, uh, arena for, so I also for think that direction. Again,
1: we're going back to horror. Like right. there are, when, when it's a different kind of game, I think that changes too because the escapism aspect of horror, I think, is very different yeah. right. from the escapism of, say, a super cinematic Feng Shui game.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, when we're in horror games, we want to be scared. Yeah. yeah, like there's actually a certain level of almost um, daredevilishness. Mm-hmm. you're kind of daring your gms and your fellow players to scare you yeah so i think that that escapism is a shift and it's something we should be aware of when we're doing this is right. we're actually writing about something that is meant to scare people yeah
0: and, and that emphasizes i think like you say the, the diversity in presentations which is that we we as a as a as a pastime i think have a problem which is that we have the tendency to inherit everything that isn't that our game isn't about so we have Sanity points make a certain amount of sense in, 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 the, in, in the original Lovecraft game in which it's treating your mind about as respectfully as it's treating your body, which yeah. is to say not very much at all. <laughs> um, but th- we inherit these systems because we go, well, that seemed to work, and I'm, my game is about something else, but I want to have that element in there for, for reasons good or bad or apt or inapt. But, um, so these systems persist in, area, in ways in which they could be reexamined and redeveloped. And so, for example, the 7th C example is a great one, right, which is that the merit system may not be re-examined in a particular book or a particular RPG because either there isn't time or because we figure it works or whatever it is, right? So and it's, it works mathematically and, you know, whatever. Players will or will not. Players are going to be disrespectful to other players that's going to happen and we can't control it. Well, we systems are there because we can influence it. And second of all, uh, uh, I think that presentation the diversity of ways to look at it means that there isn't just that one sense that this is how gaming thinks about this topic, yeah. right? And and well i don't th- well i think that's illusory i think that i don't think we're doing ourselves any favor by by not demonstrating that there are lots of ways to portray any of these different topics mechanically just as there are different ways to portray them in prose or poetry.
5: She had a question oh yeah. Can I ask a very specific question about mechanics in game? Sure. Sure. So how would you the best way to deal with this mechanically in a game? You're in a situation meal a our purple game. You're at the table mom's cooking dinner she turns and she's got her apron all spotless and she puts the meatloaf
0: down on the table and tentacles come out of it. <laughs> It's obvious this is meant to freak you out, meant to elicit a reaction. How do you? What's the best way to do it in that situation? Well, what's, what's what, what? are we dealing with? The fact that that somebody is, didn't want that to happen, a normal or is, turns into. Oh, I see. I see. An
1: insanity sort of. Ah. Well, well actually, that sounds like my game, Dead Scare. Right. Yeah, something okay.
5: that um, would just. Raise and I will up. respond
1: to how I handled it in Dead Scare, which is that I don't have a sanity mechanic. There is no way for people to just go crazy. What there is, that's up to you as a role player, what there is is a courage mechanic. And it basically recreates a terror spiral like what you see in a horror movie, where people get scared because they see something that's scary, so they feel less brave. Mm -hmm. And they get more scared if they can't figure out a way to calm down. Mm -hmm. So that's how I handle that exact situation where a zombie pops out of your oven. Um, (laughs) And your reaction is fight or flight. You, that's literally what happens in the game. You either fight it
2: or you flee, because you're scared. And fleeing doesn't necessarily mean uh, is it a mental health and illness thing. It's not right. something that makes you sane or less sane. You know, right. fleeing is just it's a natural response. Yeah, right. That's why I used it. Yeah, it's it's a that's a good way of looking at it because just because tentacles show up doesn't mean that you are gonna you know immediately go um, into social anxiety. Right. Like.
3: <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> um. But because we're talking about, you know, Cthulhu-esque you know, horror and Lovecraft, really did love uh, taking people's sanities and breaking them right over his knee. Um, with, uh, with Lovecraft in particular, um, you know, it was a matter of, at the end of this book, someone is going to go crazy. Someone is going to run into something that they cannot physically or cannot mentally cope with on a, on a fundamental level. And I think that's one way you, that you can you can measure it is just like after what, you know, you can measure someone's sanity or someone's mental health in a game by how much they're able to cope with it. You can and call
4: it coping. And it's just cool. coping. Right. Yeah. And
3: like one is, you know, you're able to function, you know, to a fair degree. You know, 3 is, you know, clearly stressed out and that's really affecting their judgment. And 5 is so the mechanics
5: of saying if you are talking some
3: yeah, it really mechanics is semant- are often semantics. Yeah, yeah, it's really how you're wording it and how how it's how it's measured. Well, it's really how what you you're measuring, the text.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. right? The yeah. so presentation is is vital. Yeah. It,
3: once again, it's you know it's not it's qualitative. It's the quality of what what is being brought up and mentioned. It, you, if you put if you ex, if you put it out in a way that it you know very clearly goes this is what this right. you know, but not making it just like you know this is you know give it a little bit of freedom uh, for people to, you know... For interpretation. For interpretation. fiction depiction, yeah. yeah. Portrayal, yeah. You have about 20 minutes left, just give so you
0: guys a okay. check. Oh, really? Okay. Wow. So <laughs> um, part of that to me, I also come back to Playcraft, which is that I don't know if in that setup if did the players know that we were playing a Cthulhu game? Right? Okay. Right? So uh, 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 there's a certain amount of implicit, which is too often implicit, but implicit and explicit uh, buy-in, the agenda or or the agreement, which is the, hey, so we're playing, we know what, you know, we're playing a World of Darkness game. Right. So certain things are going to be on the table. Uh, But also is the ability to say uh, uh, the difference between um, how much is the player in on the decision-making Not necessarily of the setup, but but that's totally viable. But in the case of something like in the portrayal of these things, is that if a character is is having trouble coping, are we putting the player in a position where the player gets to say, like, are you giving the player less information so they just have to deal and and it's supposed to be all immersive? Or is it that they get to decide what is it like if their character gets... What does flight mean for this character in this moment? As opposed to, check page 39, flight means that a character moves (laughs) 10 squares away at a pace of, right they have the, I mean the, that I, kind I of a Warhammer's a fine thing and it
3: has its place but. I, I, I've seen that in a few yeah yeah absolutely well, do
2: we want to answer questions just
1: because yeah. we
3: have a yeah yeah absolutely
2: yeah. you had a question from like yeah. 10 minutes
3: ago oh I'm sorry
4: <laughs> basically it, it also comes back to the axis of um, fun and playability as you said it's not necessarily fun if you're in a position where your character's options are cut off um, mm-hmm I don't want to feel like I'm personally in hell just because my character feels that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And you've also got the okay. So realistically, if X, Y, and Z is happening, you'd be dealing with this paperwork and that. Is <laughs> I don't want to spend my time doing that. How do you walk that line and still be respectful to people? Well, um, I
1: actually want to do. I, I've been thinking about this since yeah. I suggested the panel, but. Uh, when I thought about sanity points, what I realized is that my biggest issue was that once you're out of them, you're just done. And that's not a realistic portrayal, and it's not fun for the player either. Like, you run out of sanity points, and then you're just, your character is shot. So I think that, sort of to answer that question, a lot of it is about creating the playability. Mm. And creating the space to have those experiences, while still having the mechanics that don't push you into a corner.
0: Right, right. Uh, you
5: have a
2: question? Uh,
5: yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, mean, I think
3: one issue. I, I mean, I'd sort of like to sort of explain a problem I'm having to see if you can address it. Um, I, I spend lots of time wondering about how realistic to make mental health conditions in, in sort of Lovecraftian horror, um, and I, I find myself up against a problem, which is sometimes when I try and make it make things realistic, you, you end up with a kind of problematic idea that you know, the real-life mental health conditions are, are related to cthulhu as monsters. <laughs> Do you know where I'm coming yeah. from? The, yeah. the, um, the, yeah. I, I, I've considered this because uh, this is the stuff that keeps me up at night. Um, is that when, especially for, you know, Lovecraftian, you know, Eldritch abominations are on my backyard, are in my backyard sort of, you know, things, um, the things that you are treating are the things that have affected your characters... Are in fact real. <laughs> um, it, it, that's sort of the difference. It's um, and also there's. Oh God, it's very difficult to explain. Um, in that, in treating it real, is that some? It's tra- uh, think of it as they have been traumatized, and as and whereas you know some mental health is just a matter of internal chemistry has been triggered by something. This has been possibly in in printed on them. It's al- it's almost a psychic violation, to kind of put it like that, just by a Lovecraftian being's presence. This is also not, you know, me just spouting it out there. It's kind of a help. But that's the way I've always seen it, is just that by their presence alone, you could be a relatively sane, rational person with no pre-cur- genetic precursors for schizophrenia, depression, manic, whatever, um, and you will still lose sanity because this thing should not be...
0: It's here. an aspect of the creature, not an aspect yeah. of... Yeah. yeah,
3: it is a complete aspect of reality. Uh, your, your concept of reality has just completely gone goodbye, and even the most sane and rational human being on, on planet Earth will still be horribly mind-touched by this thing.
2: But you could also look at what happens during trauma. Yes. Like there, there yeah. are many things where, you know, someone can experience a trauma directly right then and there and yep. see what trauma studies do for that person. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't see the tours in our backyards, but, you know, you might see something terrible, like a tree falls on a dog and kills it. That's traumatic. Yeah. Watching you know? somebody get hit by a subway car is traumatic. Yeah. So just doing maybe trauma studies and maybe narrowing your scope of mental illness a little bit instead of saying, you know, well, this bad thing shows up. You know, they go insane. It's like, there's bad things that shows up and there's trauma there and exploring what that does to a person. So like,
1: and I also think engaging with the reality of the world you're writing in. Yeah. Because if this is a real thing, if the eldritch horrors in your backyard are real, so this is not a figment of your imagination. Your brain isn't making this yeah. up. So you're not hallucinating. So that takes a whole bunch of stuff off the table.
3: And it also makes it quite worse yeah. it in many ways. And maybe, like,
2: even looking over ahead of time, like, how is this character going to respond in those traumatic situations? Like, right. how does your character respond to trauma? Even getting that conversation on the table not only helps get rid of some of the stigma behind mental illness, mm-hmm. but gets you thinking about, like, what happens, you know, because not only are you making a game more playable with more, you know, interesting aspects to mental illness, but you're also teaching somebody out of the game, like, bad things can happen, and you right. have a better response to it because you've played this game.
0: To know, yeah, I, I, I agree. Which is that, that, that notion of th- there are things we've inherited about w- what immersion is or what realism is mm-hmm. in an RPG, and I think realism is a. Compl- and I was going to bring this up earlier, so I don't want to pick on you, Graham. But I was, <laughs> but it's that realism is, I think, a completely, um, misused and often in uh, uh, incongruous word with what we do anyway, uh, because. Uh, for example, hit points are not deeply problematic, but they are not remotely more realistic than they're. they're but they are more problem. They, they are as problematic to some, I'm sure, as sanity points are. That they are equally di- bad, but we don't necessarily. They are read in a context that is different because we don't, as a as a people, as a uh, the city I live in, at least for example, don't treat people who in Lovecraftian terms, lose sanity points the same way we treat people who lose hit points, right? If I get bitten by a monster, people go, wow, badass, you, you got bit by a monster. We can take care of that. If I report that I got uh, uh, traumatized by, by by the sight of something, people go, well, that's, you know, I, I didn't know. I thought you were made of sterner stuff or whatever. And it's like, well, screw you. Anyway, uh, my point is that the realism is not necessarily where what we owe it to. I think it's more about accessibility and about finding something that makes the, the, the participant um, engage with the material in a way that is conversant, that is interactive, as opposed to... Because proper realism in a lot of these things would not be deeply interactive e- either. It would be a lot of paperwork, or it would be a yeah. lot of um, sitting quietly while you, change, uh, 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 while you change medication regimes, for example, um, regimens, for example, where you're going through different uh, uh, processes. And I think moving those questions to the front is a great yeah. tool because it helps the idea that it's not realistic necessarily to, to prescribe how a character is going to react yeah. to things that we know are in genre or we know are in the universe. But for play, it makes suddenly the, the dialogue possible and it makes the experience actually playable, yeah. and that makes it accessible, as opposed to inheriting a notion of immersion, which is like, no, you, we shouldn't find out till the audience finds out. Well, I'm not the audience. I'm writing and playing this character. Mm-hmm. right? There, there are lots of ways to reread and, and change those lines and those divisions. And I, I'm very uh, uh, accepting of the fact that we have... Um, the, I think there are some, some presentations in, in games that are... Some it, p- problematic in one context and not in another or that they're owed to genre and that there's value to be had from that, the problem is that when they're the only ones we have mm-hmm. the only conversations we have about them are boy, going nuts and dying sure is the worst. Oh,
2: you better not die in that game <laughs> you'll go insane.
1: Right, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah
2: That's my experience with it you know, maybe Or, like, you know, you're playing Call
1: of Cthulhu and someone's like, well, I don't want to go crazy
3: Yeah.
0: Right I didn't either
3: Then <laughs> so, why are you playing Call of Cthulhu?
1: Well, yeah
0: well, and this is the part, and to a certain extent, right, this is one of the reasons why I think this Call of Cthulhu is not necessarily the most idealized or is not the, the most apt example because it has such a rep. But new horror games, so that there's an implicit understanding right when you play it. But a new horror game or a game that might, on one level, seem to be horror but actually be satire or the, or vice versa, yeah. right? These have very different re- relationships. So the notion is, because very often I think I, that's what I see the the answer is, and, and it's I think a completely legit answer for Call of Cthulhu where. You know, do the reading before you play this game. The book is pretty clear about what you're getting into.
2: But on the survey I did, a lot of the people that responded, I had over 100 yeah. respondents. So that's um, for a, a psych survey. That's actually it's really strong. Um, most of the players that were you know reporting on stuff, they want mental illness to be looked at you know in its complexity, mm-hmm. but also you know if it doesn't need to be in a game don't put it in there yeah like it just doesn't need to be in there right but if you're going to put it in do it either specific to his um like a diagnosis type or do it in a way that's just going to further the talk about it you know we mm-hmm. we can create something new it doesn't have to be sanity points right um,
5: um slight genre shift question mm-hmm. i don't know um uh, much like you mentioned the tentacles come out of the meatloaf um There are a lot of games that are paranormal investigators that aren't called Cthulhu. they owe far more to the Mm -hmm. X-Files. There's a lot more X-Files likes in modern games than called likes, as near as I can tell. Um, The place of mental health gauge or whatever in those seems to be, I mean, what would be a good system for that if you're specifically not going for something that's intrinsically horrifying, but you do need to include the fact that it MIGHT. Uh, have some sort of mental effect on somebody, especially if you're dealing with you know maybe this thing has a psychic power or something. So basically, the capacity to add mental trauma into an existing system, but not the necessity of it, the way Eldritch Horror does. I
3: have got to throw in for Fate Core just because of me- just because Fate Core has an entire mental mental damage uh, track, and so you know if something is actively trying to inflict mental harm. Um, that will register it completely independent of physical, and it gives the opportunity, but it also gives the ability for you know coping, ignoring, and mitigating that kind of damage. There
1: is a reason why I went to Evil Hat when yeah. I wanted to write an accessibility handbook for a game, yeah. and it's because I think it was I felt like it was the most accessible and the most easily sort of adapted to make these things work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my favorite part of it has been writing the aspects for all of the different things. My, my, my new favorite that I wrote this week was for a PTSD character, and it was PTSD, uh, mm. me- memory like an elephant, because mm. people with PTSD often have really good memories. Yeah. It's like, I, I have been remembering... Really
0: sharp memories. memories. Yeah. 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 I'm
1: like, oh, hey, I can remember that conversation I had with someone five years ago. Oh,
0: yeah. But I can't yeah.
1: remember 15 minutes from when I was 12.
2: Yeah, every mental every mental diagnosis is, is not just you know, you are sad, or you are sad and you sleep a lot. Like, every diagnosis has this huge range. You can research this stuff online, like, very easily. So
1: that's why I've done it that way. Because I think the aspects is a really great way to be like, oh, so this is how that actually creates this character. Mm -hmm. This character is a thief. She goes into a place, cases the joint, and she can remember everything about the space because that's just how the brain
0: works there 's a uh, to me part of the difference here is is about systems versus uh, it's, it's implementation right if you have like if you have a single system that just yeah. covers all, everything about the human brain, but you have five different skills for punching a dude right just as an example of what we choose to zoom in on um, for something like the x files for example, I would argue that you don't have a system you have the individual effects of individual encounters yeah you yeah. have a in this episode is about fight or flight this episode is about what happened in the last episode. This episode is about space aliens, whatever it is, right? And deal with it case by case, in part because then you build up a diversity already.
1: I also already. now really want to write an X-Files game for yeah, you. No, yeah,
0: oh, well, yeah.
3: I'm kind of halfway there, too. <laughs> because
1: I, I feel like we could do something where it's like each, each game is a different episode. Yeah.
3: Right. <laughs> you encounter but, the Fluke Worm Man. Here's your status card. Right, right, right. And, and so, exactly, right? I think... <laughs>
0: um, Sorry, I, I just... The, the, so I think the, the, the specifics of that is that... Um,
3: do you really need it?
2: Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, or can you just, can um, you spin it so it's be, helpful? Be,
3: uh, because...
5: Yeah. because it pers- well, basically yeah. for those persistent conspiracy type things, yeah. that, you know, it follows the meta plot and also the sort of thing that ends up coming with that treasure. Yeah. You do need some sort of persistent systemic I something.
2: feel like that genre has a lot of paranoia. Yeah. So yeah. maybe, like, looking up what right. causes paranoia, yeah. what effects, and, like, maybe making that more of a... Okay. You know, because... Um, what I talked with people about was they really liked games if you're going to focus on a mental health issue pick one or two mm-hmm. and then open that up from and there I think it's
0: also the difference between an elder being that causes mental damage versus finding out the reality of there are werewolves in the world being similar to when you found out there are circulars yeah. in the world. It didn't, it didn't, What's it about it didn't is a big
3: question. Her. Why is
0: the story being told? Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, like,
2: what does that do to you? You find out werewolves are real. What is that actually it's doing to your brain? You're presented with something that you don't understand. Yeah, you're
3: given you're given new information. Actually, because um, I'm sitting here trying to figure out because uh, you gave X Files as an example, and I, I like that example because um, after 10, 12 years of Mulder and Scully running around you know sewers and the backwoods of Canada looking for you know the, the mo- monster of that week. They should be gibbering lunatics at this point, right. Mulder, of course, was always on the fence um, but um, but it 's also a workplace show, and they have to yeah, do another but, season. But, so, but, the yeah. thing is, but the thing is is that uh, what they also show is that they had several means of coping with all of that right. you know they, you know either they had hope in the mission or Scully had her family it was they had means of coping with it and dealing right. with it that actually You know, reminded them that yes, they are human and yes, it will be okay.
2: We call that a support system. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, these characters that you're having in these games, they're going to have a support system. So, pulling that in too, saying, like, what's going to be, you know, if your character's life. What? Uh, the, what are they going to fall back on? Right. Yeah. Maybe they, you know, binge eat and watch X Files all night. Right. While they're dealing <laughs> with this
0: stuff. And, you know? and that's such a great example. right? That we have all these systems for mental damage or mental health or mental trauma. But we have. I don't. I can't think of a game problem. that has a support yeah. system mechanic.
4: Yeah. Um, um, I do have a support system one. mechanic. Really? <laughs> <laughs> really?
0: Oh, do you? Okay, good. Yeah. Um,
1: in Dead I don't I don't Scare, it's called It yeah. yeah. up.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's right. Well, yeah. It's yes, for are it Absolutely, that's right. The underground also has
1: one. Right in Dead Scare it's called freshening up and you have to get to a safe space and once you can lock a door and fix your makeup and like get but, the blood stains from the zombies out of your apron right. then you actually resolve your
4: courage and
0: you right. get it back. I said those kind of restoration mechanics are, are something that, you know, we get in the genre I have one in Raised but it's also but yeah the notion of and the, yeah uh, 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 it's interesting to me how sources of stability are barely a mechanism right we but but, and, so but they still speak know? to <laughs> it yeah yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah. I now want one for Dresden. Yeah.
5: Get quick, really. yeah. a yeah. direction.
3: I think one thing I, I hope about Lovecraftian horror is that there might be some possibility of twisting it in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Just because you know we do here have a role-playing game that,
5: you know, by definition, represents people with mental health conditions. Uh, can you can you think of any way way of sort of twisting as oh. a positive?
2: I think Elsa brought up a really good one about the PTSD having those type of conditions make you stronger in other areas. You know, when someone's blind, you hear that. Their their hearing gets better, or it's that It's not true, sure. but, <laughs> but like, but in that case, like uh, certain mental illnesses do put you in a better place for different things. Um, so actually,
1: uh, an example is that I'm blind, and I'm deafblind, and uh, I have PTSD. The hyper that I have from PTSD is amplified by the blindness, but it actually helps me be more aware of my surroundings, which is yeah. awesome.
0: And, <laughs> and <laughs> which, which speaks to what we learn, and how we how we develop and change as people from these yeah. experiences, as opposed to just. Uh, uh, yeah, how we how we how they how they affect us, how we affect them back is part of it. Um, also, I think that in this case, the one, I think the biggest for for something like Le crafting Horror specifically is visibility, oh. which is that just by approaching the issues differently, you can hit a wider audience yes. ready to deal with them. Uh, without changing necessarily the Coral of crafty nature of it, which is 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 that why why isn't it in 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 Lovecraft? Why isn't XP based on also what you've been through in that way? But you could right, which is that so so I'm I'm changed not just yeah. not just in a bad way, but also in a but then in from learning that I had these scars from seeing Elder Horrors, survival and as a result, because I'm want to plan another adventure, I'm going to learn. Yeah, yeah. yeah
2: survival survival be like, as a yeah. system is great. Maybe just looking at mental health in general from a completely different angle might be something oh, that, that yeah like, modernizing it this yeah, is really modernizing the thing, it, yeah modernizing yeah I mean like the 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 guy running down the street with his hands in the air screaming because he saw something scary like that's such an old concept of, <laughs> of it of what we believe you now, know insanity is <laughs> way more
1: likely that somebody with paranoia would respond to seeing an ultra char in their alley while they were taking out the garbage. By going upstairs and spending the entire night looking on the internet.
0: To find out what it was. Yeah. 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 That's what I would do. Yeah. You
2: have, so, <laughs> the OCD going like, to beat it to a pulp. You know, right. Their understanding of it. Like, having those nuances and understanding, like, just because you have a mental health issue doesn't mean you're debilitated. You know, something else right. might be better because you are suffering in a different area.
0: That's right. We, we, we're. Uh, uh, to me the compartmentalization is a big factor of it which is that Lovecraft was writing in an era in which compartmentalizing people for mm-hmm. problems that they were for to themselves or to each other was kind of the thing and that it was, was the also approach a no-no,
2: right? like and that's you, yeah, yeah you, don't you,
0: talk you, about you just it. oh well this is we once you reach a certain point we can just put you in a room where we don't have to look at you anymore yeah. Yeah. and we don't do that in the same way we do it but not in the same way Reading <laughs> Well yeah so yeah. but or more, more accurately culturally speaking we say we don't do it anymore and that's important <laughs> to I think the portrayal of, of a part of that modernization yeah.
4: Yeah, that makes an interesting point about the cultural standards. One of the things I loved about the role-playing in the cult your last, last. normal mental balance is zero. The further negative you go yeah, my, my, my cultural standards crazy. The further positive you go same thing, it's just because of our culture, you can go a little further before it starts to get weird. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, and that's the nature of mental health in general um, is that um, from my experience, mental health really is just: Are you baseline? Are you are? Is how are you functioning from a day-to-day basis? Um, you can have a mental a mental illness and be functional and live, you know, and live a perfectly happy, functioning life. There are several people uh, here in this room, in this convention, at this table, uh, who have a mental illness who is perfectly fine most of the time. It's those moments, unfortunately, when your uh, body or where your brain goes either a little too too far to the left or a little too far to the right, where the ability to function on a normal level happens. Um, That's really the trick of it. Um, And it really is, and that level of zero really is based on your culture. I would actually, um, I studied uh, Japanese mental health uh, in college, And they're very their way of handling mental health is very different from ours. Well, and
1: also it depends on the horror genre, too. And also it depends on the horror right. genre, Because yeah. in Japanese horror, there are things that cause me to curl up underneath my blankets. Actually, no, because the, the monster's in the bed with you.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, the monster's in your hair. Yeah. Um, it's, um, you open the covers and so, it's Okay, alright, alright, let's stop, because I'm getting yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
2: yeah, the c- uh, c- uh, Culture uh, yeah. has a big effect, yeah. so if you're going to have a, a genre, like set in Germany, for example, you know, Germany yeah. and mental health, if you go see a psychiatrist there, You know, it's a huge stigma. You take pills, everyone's on pills for a mental illness. That's no problem. You know, like, if you're going to put it in a certain setting, maybe research how How, they handle it in that setting, because it's probably very different than how we handle it
3: here. Like, Yeah, like, uh, their level of zero, you know, to use your example, their zero will be maybe uh, either completely or somewhat different from, most of the Western countries will have at least several key points where they're, you know, all clear on because most of uh, Western psychology kind of gave it to all of us. Thank you, Freud and Jung. Um, we have four minutes. Do we want to see if anyone else has any
4: more yeah, questions?
2: So like, yeah, yeah. Anyone else have any more questions? We have like four minutes left, and
1: then we'll
0: we'll also plug ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, but uh, to to I think uh, if we each have anything we want to close out with. Yeah. Um, uh You
4: start uh, off.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, so the 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 thing, and this is being able to put it in these terms, especially from this. Uh, a panel, which is very helpful for me, is that uh, the notion that we're going to solve the depiction of mental illness is not—it's not, not going to happen. We've never solved anything in the, in depiction. That's not, what de- that's not how depiction works. And games depict things; they don't—they don't accurately model stuff. They've never really done that. That's not what they're for. Um... So if the notion is that, great, I got it solved. I I finally got the perfect way to represent all of the human experience using 2D6 in a 10-point scale. That's (laughs) not going to happen. So think about what you're saying and why you're saying it that way. What are the mechanics communicating and why are they doing it in this fashion as opposed to some other fashion? What
3: are
1: you working
0: on and where can people find you? Oh, I'm working on a game called uh, Project Dark, which goes out to its backers on December 1st. I have uh, a number of games here being run thank you so much and and as a matter of fact part of the the conversation about uh, aspects and and analog descriptions versus digital descriptions will come up in my talk on Sunday so be sure to see words versus numbers here at Metatopia on Sunday
3: Um, just to reiterate um, what I said a couple minutes ago mental health really is something that um, it's around us you know know, there's some people who may be suffering from it and you'll never know there are people who um, may be experiencing one really bad episode and it changes how they view everything and how you view them. Um, and, the, and using it in horror is when all other roads have left no other option but to go insane. That's, that's the definition of horror, where all, all the exit signs have been burned out and you only have your own self to go into um, my name is Craig Page. Um, thank you all for coming. Um, I am uh, currently... Re- I uh, work for Phoenix Outlaw Productions as one of their storytellers. Um, we are usually doing Dress and Lives here. Uh, this weekend, at uh, tomorrow at noon, I am running a focus group for Kensei, a World Martial Arts Tournament offer LARP game. Uh, no combat, no combat. Uh, there will just be a conversation about, you know, system setting and couple of other things. So, uh, thank you.
2: Hi, I'm Kelly Osborne. I help run Doomsday LARP in PA. I am mostly a player, so you'll probably see me playing some of your games. Um, I don't have any projects I'm working on currently, but last thing on mental health is, you know, most of the time your players are going to have an issue, whether they mm-hmm. know it yeah. or not, whether it's diagnosed or not. So, when you're designing these horror systems, make sure that you're thinking about the people that are playing this, you know, how do you want them to understand your depiction of their mental illness? Because right. there's more mental illness focus now than there was ten yeah. years ago and you know your your players want to see better. They want to see their depictions, what they what they play, they want to see themselves in it. So just be sensitive.
1: Um I'm Elsa S. Henry. Uh what I wanna leave you with last is to remember that you don't know everything about every player that will ever play in your game. And to be sensitive to the people at your table. Um, and I have Dead Scare coming out in January 2016, Yay. and the Fade Accessibility Toolkit will be out sometime in 2016 as well. Awesome. And um, I run Blind Mouse Games, and we'll be announcing our first publication soon. Cool. Thank
0: you. can Thank find you.
1: me on Twitter at SnarkBat. Thank
4: you so much at for coming. Snarkbat. Thanks, guys.
0: Thanks, everybody. Good
4: night. Good night.